You're listening to The Big Show with Patrick Dumas on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Big Show, Hour 4, live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Worried about radon? We install custom mitigation systems to reduce your risk. To find out more, visit dlbasementsystems.com for a free estimate. Uh, go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. We are joined by Craig Morgan, uh, Coyotes writer off of uh, Phoenix Sports. Uh, it is a Calgary Flames game day. The Flames are getting a little, little mini two-game trip down in the desert tonight. Their dad's trip uh, taking them down to uh, Arizona State University, taking on the Arizona Coyotes. Craig, thanks so much uh, for taking time out of your morning. No problem, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, a little chilly up here. Uh, it feels like minus 32. <laughs> uh, I know it's a little chilly down in Arizona, but it's 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 it, we take what you guys are having. Yeah, it's all relative. It's, uh, <laughs> it is. It's a rainy day today, but we're supposed to warm up really soon. I hate to tell you, we're we're going back up into the 70s soon. Hey, hey, that's all right. Y'all deserve that, right? You know, that's that's the that's the that's the Sun Valley. That's that's the Southwest. It's great. Uh, let's talk about these Coyotes, man. Like uh, that game against Boston, I, I I enjoyed it. That was a quality hockey game, and it was exactly what the Coyotes needed. They had lost three straight heading into that one, pretty handily heading into that one, and then to get two points over uh, last year's President's Trophy winner, historic regular season uh, that the Bruins put together last year and still a solid group again this year. Yeah, you're exactly right when you say they, they needed that one badly. You know, the Coyotes had obviously surprised a lot of people with how they had played right up until that point when they started this lengthy homestand, but you saw the, uh, the quality of the opponents they were going to be facing. The Winnipeg Jets, of course, maybe the biggest surprise in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Florida Panthers, who were in the cup final, and then the Islanders, who have been playing well since Thanksgiving. Uh, they, they, they didn't really turn – they didn't turn much of a performance at any of those three games. And it was concerning, you know, obviously to the coaching staff, to the players, uh, how they performed. Uh, Andre Chernia didn't feel that they competed well in those games, but – when you look at what usually happens this time of year, you know, you always hear GMs and coaches say that it ramps up a notch in the NHL this time of year. There are like levels. You hit the all-star break, it'll ramp up another oh, notch. Yeah. There was some concern that the Coyotes simply couldn't match that, that they, that some things about this roster were being exposed. So that, that win over the Bruins was a real gut check at a time when they needed it. And, and a guy that maybe made the, the play of the whole game, uh, Connor Ingram, he was great, especially in overtime, making a, making a, a couple yeah. massive saves. Now, I know it's been uh, kind of like a rotational thing there. They go with Ingram one night. They go with Vizmelka the next. Uh, you know, how has that been working for this group, uh, going with, uh, with, the, with, the, with the, the constant goalie switching? Well, I, early in the season, very early in the season, it was working well because they were both playing well. But there was a stretch there where Connor Ingram – was clearly the better goaltender, and Andre was sticking with that rotational game-by-game basis with his goalies for a while, and we wondered why. And, and you know, he, he's, he's said all along he's going to need both of these guys, and they're both going to hit hot streaks. Well, that's what happened with Connor Ingram. He got a stretch where he was able to play a significant amount of straight games, but then he cooled off a little bit. Karel Vimelka stepped back in, and he played well. Um, so... <laughs> It's, uh, it's, it's a daily evaluation, I guess, is what I would say. Uh, but with, with Ingram in particular, that last game was, was a good sign for him. I don't want to say that he had played poorly in his most recent stretch, but he wasn't the guy that we saw who was putting up elite all-star caliber numbers for a long stretch. Uh, that game against Boston was what we were seeing earlier from Connor Ingram. 
Yeah, like I've just just brought up the the Coyotes schedule, and really, really since probably like U.S. Thanksgiving, they had the the five game win streak there. Ingram started all of those, and then you know they lose four, and Ingram was in for for a good chunk of those, and they go on a winning streak. Is it just feel like like this is how the teams go? They can go on a long winning streak, and then that's how it's going to be. It's not going to be like a consistent you know win three, you know lose one. But like, is that uh, any sort of concern with these these win streaks and losing streaks? It's absolutely concerned. Coaches always talk about consistency. I think a lot of that is, you know, they, they've got some youth on this roster. Yeah, of course. But it, it's more, you know, so that's, that's going to play into it. But they get away from their style of play. I, I, maybe that's also a product of so many new faces that, you know, they're just not, maybe they're not just completely comfortable with each other yet. Or maybe this is just really a team that's going to hover around the 500 mark, maybe hover around, you know, the, the wild card spot all season. There are certainly deficiencies on this roster. I don't think anybody would deny that. You know, you look at the center position, especially with Barrett Hayden having been out so long, that's a concern. And I, I still don't think they have the, uh, the horses on the, on the blue line really. So in some ways it's probably who the coyotes are, but these wild swings have been crazy because earlier in the season, they would win one, lose one. They, they, they literally couldn't together any kind of streaks, whether they're winning or losing. And now, it seems like that's all they do. Um, excuse me, uh, Dylan Gunther. Uh, you just tweeted out this morning. Uh, the Coyotes making a, a transactional move, sending Justin Kirkland down uh, back to Tucson. I mean, it sounds like Dylan Gunther is going to stick it out with the Coyotes the the rest of the way. I don't know if he's going to stick it out the rest of the way. Uh, Bill Armstrong told me, and I, this was in a story that I wrote recently, that the plan here is for this to be short term. You know, Jason okay. Zucker was suspended for three games. So it gave the Coyotes an opportunity to give a, give Dylan Gunther a look. He's been ripping it up in the AHL. He's an AHL all-star. So they wanted to do sort of a heat check, and he comes up and he plays two terrific games. So there's no way they're sending him down now, even though Jason Zucker is eligible to come back for this next game. Yeah. But I don't want to translate that into saying he's staying the rest of the season. Two games is a tiny sample, and although he's mm. played well, they're going to continue to evaluate him and make sure that being here – is the best thing for his development. And I, I, I kind of, I got to get what Bill Armstrong and, and the coaches want to do there. Like, yeah, maybe expectations were the, probably not a playoff team this year, but taking the right steps forwards. And, and that's exactly what the Coyotes have done. They've hung around that, that second first wild card spot seemingly all year. And, and, like I'm not seeing them unless like something happens here. We're ahead of the deadline. Like you think they can still hang around this wild card spot the rest of the way, or do you think like yeah they're the second youngest team in the league? Only Anaheim's younger than them. Do you think like that will eventually w- w- get to them? And then as like you mentioned, coming out of the All Star break, it's just a ramping up uh, effect around the league. As you know, you only got three months to go. Not even really. Yes. It's hard to predict, right? I don't know. We'll see what, mm-hmm. what sort of growth that this young team can undergo over that stretch. But when you look at the Western Conference earlier in the season, Edmonton obviously was struggling mightily. Yep. Uh, Minnesota is banged up. They have so many injuries. I'm not sure they're going to be able to climb back in it. But the Oilers are red hot. The Seattle Kraken, red hot. So if they want to stay in this race, they're going to have to find some more consistency. They can't just, you know stay a few games over 500, win some, lose some, they're going to have to hit a stretch of their own because it looks like some other teams that are starting to figure it out. And this, this wild card race, at least it, it, the wild card race in particular, which is probably what the Coyotes are competing for, is getting more competitive. Yeah, it is. I mean, uh, the Flames just two points out. And like even then, like they've probably got to play 600 hockey the rest of the way. 
uh, just to be a, a wild card team. Uh, Logan Cooley, uh, definitely one for the future uh, with, with Arizona, 19 points in 39 games. How's his first foray been uh, through the league? I know it's, it's because I think we know what this guy is certainly capable of, but, you know, like, you know, we see these rookies hit walls and whatnot, and it's, it is a different system playing from with kids to then playing it with uh, in the NHL. But Logan Cooley, how's his uh, first year been so far? Uh, I would say fairly it's been uneven. Um, he, you can see the speed. You can see the skill level. Yeah. They are obviously there. Sometimes they, they just jump off off the screen or off the ice when you're watching live. Um, but he's had to learn a lot of things about playing in the NHL. Earlier in the season, he had to learn about time and space. You know, he's so used to being able to do whatever he wants to do with the puck at the NCAA level. Can't do that in the NHL. He was turning pucks over in bad areas, and that was <laughs> – Earning him the ire of Coach Andre Turingi, I think he's been much better in those areas. He's been very responsible defensively, but he has yet to pop offensively. Now, some of that could be personnel that he's surrounded with. Some of it could be just it's hard to score in the NHL, and he's very. going to have to figure out other ways to do it. But I'll, I'll say this, like that last game, and again, this is a tiny sample, but seeing him play on a line with Dylan Gunther, a, a true finisher, that was fun to watch. I mean, he, you could see he had some jam to his game. He, I, I thought maybe Logan Cooley had his best game of the season, that last game playing on yeah. the line with Dylan Gunther. And when you think about the future of the Coyotes, that combo, which, which teamed up for a goal in that game, that combo could be around for a very long time. Uh, it's amazing that Clayton Keller, he's only 25, but you know he's going to be halfway to 1,000 games at some point later this season. And it's just like how long he's been in the league. And obviously he doesn't get the same amount of fanfare because of how Arizona's been and whatnot. But this is, he's obviously a, a super special player, already headed to his, his fourth All-Star game uh, next month in Toronto. Uh, like I said, he's one of my favorite players to watch in the league. Like, How do you think he's been taking this whole Coyote journey like for, for stepping into the league at a, at a young age, 18, sticking with it, and like potential future captain potentially for this Arizona Coyote group? He's grown so much as a player yeah. and as a person. Like, I, I remember how shy Clayton Keller was. He was uncomfortable in interviews, um, and, and he was a slight kid. Like, they, they gave him that three-game trial before his first full NHL season, and I remember Dave Tibbet saying to me, he was a coach at the time, he looked like a kid out there. He genuinely looked like a kid out there in body. Um, he, he had some struggles, just like I think a lot of young players do, and, and you can certainly question whether the Coyotes maybe put him in the NHL too early. They've made that mistake with a lot of their prospects in the past, but last season, I mean, coming off that horrific late leg injury mm-hmm. last season was just an unbelievable one to watch his dedication. One thing about Clayton is he's not going to cheat you on work ethic. He, he puts in the time and he puts it in, in all areas. He's, he's such a video geek as well. He works really hard in the off season and it really paid off last season. You could just see the maturity in his body and the maturity in his approach when he tied Keith Kachuk's single season points record for, for Coyotes franchise history. I think he's come along really nicely. I still like, just like Logan Cooley, I wonder what Clayton Keller would look like with, with more elite uh, players around him yes. or even on his line. But, but he is, he has progressed to the point where I think it's fair to call him a star in this league. Uh, talking with uh, Craig Morgan, uh, a Coyotes writer out of Phoenix Sports. 
Zucker.com. You mentioned earlier there, Jason Zucker, he's eligible to return from uh, his three-game suspension uh, for taking a run at, at Nick Cousins. I'm sure many around the league weren't too concerned with that. But for a guy that doesn't have any history, doesn't that speak to like more of a higher problem in this league that when you have players out there starting to kind of police themselves obviously you know you don't like what Nick Cousins did to Yusuf Valimaki in the first place that was stupid that but and then you kind of respect with what Jason Zucker did but now you know Cousins is hurt Zucker paid the pl- price but do you feel like the league has to to do something better with how players are policing themselves out there and like it feels like they just spin a wheel out there and and then there's oh, okay here's a fine or here's a three-game suspension like it just feels like the, the, it, that was a little bit much I just want to see consistency. Yep. That's what I want to see more than anything else. I don't, I don't feel like it's there. And it, listen, they have a hard job to do. And there's, yeah. again, it, it's important to remember that things happen at just breakneck speed. So if you're asking a guy to alter a hit at the last second, the last split second, because suddenly a guy's head's lowered, that's not always realistic. But I, I just want to, I, I don't feel like we, we've reached the point of consistency. And, and more to the point, and I know some people will disagree with me on this, but you know, we talk a lot about the desire for player safety, protecting the players. But then there's there's some obvious contradictions to that within the system. I mean, you can talk about fighting, certainly, where guys are literally throwing blows to each other's heads, and that can create concussions. But beyond that, just headshots of any kind, they say, well, you can't help it. And, and, and I think, I wonder sometimes, should we just take them out of the game? Should we take headshots out of the game entirely? Whether you intended to do it or not, should you be penalized for it? Because the cost is so great to these guys' future health if they suffer these sorts of injuries. I mean, I, I don't want to say that that's the answer, but I, I think we need to have a greater discussion on this topic because I don't think we've achieved what needs to be achieved. No, no, not at all. Uh the team, like the team, kind of has been able to, like I call it, talked about earlier. They, they, they kind of pull themselves out of tailspins. You know, they, 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 they can lose a bit and then they win them up. And you talked about that finding that consistency uh, with the players. But like, I'm not saying the job is done in Arizona at all. But like Andre Turnier, like he seems to be instilling that culture that you know maybe that the Coyotes were lacking. You know, out of out of Dave Tippett for a bit there. Like, do you feel like like that he was maybe that people thought he could have been like, oh, he's just a stopgap until they figure things out. Do you think like Andre Turnier has done enough that he can be a long-term situation here in Arizona? Well, Andre Turnier will be the first one to tell you that he's doing the easy part now. When, when the expectation is to win and you don't win, that's when things get harder or just, just when the expectation to win exists. Like he, he, he's saying, uh, yeah, I can, I can do this. I've done this my, my whole career. He coached for a long time in juniors. Yep. And his calling card was always his ability to develop genuine relationships with players. He's absolutely done that, and I think it's made an impact, as have some of the great veterans they've brought in. But we just don't know yet about Andre until this team starts, until we start seeing like a, a good glut of those mm-hmm. prospects enter, enter the NHL roster. And then we'll find out, you know, first off, whether they, whether they did draft as well and take advantage of all those draft assets they had. And then secondly, whether Andre Turini is the guy that can lead them to becoming both a playoff contender and obviously the dream, a Stanley cup contender. And and there has to be a a point where, you know, you've got to use these draft picks either like either obviously to use the draft picks, but they've got, they got 20 picks over the next in the first three rounds over the next three drafts. They've obviously got the cap space. (laughs) Like that's currency to go out and get some, some veteran talent instead of, you know, constantly waiting for, for the next big name to come up and whatnot. Do you think Bill Armstrong, is that, 
something that he would is willing to do come the deadline, even if like the Coyotes maybe aren't the playoffs, but they'd be willing to bring in a bigger name? Or is that something that this summer, this is the year that Arizona wants to try and start that trek up? I think they're willing to bring in a bigger name, but not Bill Armstrong's not interested in rental. He's, he's not going to no. take guys that are on expiring contracts no. just to boost his team. And that's why I kind of meant like well, you're bringing well, in a guy with term, even if the Coyotes aren't yeah. really a playoff team. Yeah, I mean, we'll, let's just throw out the guy's name that's been associated, you know, from Calgary Flames to the Coyotes, Noah Hannafin. That's mm-hmm. a guy that could fit because he could be here for the long term. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the type of player that I think the Coyotes would target. I, you know, listen, they, they've made some more shrewd acquisitions with guys like Sean Dersey, who they gave up just a second-round pick to get, and that that's looked like a terrific Very deal nice. as well. But that's the, that's the type of deal I think they're looking for. It's just part of, like, let's look at Noah Hannafin in particular. What's what's going to be the actual dollar cost and term for for Noah Hannafin when you resign him? Can the Coyotes in their current situation afford to do that? Afford to tie up that much cap space on one player? I don't know. That that's a calculation they'll have to make. But then the other thing is the acquisition cost itself. I don't think Bill wants to give up any of those key pieces that he has drafted. Look, if this is if if this becomes more of a let's let's give up some draft assets, I think he's definitely open to that because as you mentioned. They have an absurd wealth of draft picks yeah. coming up, but I just don't think that they want to unload one of their top prospects because they really believe in these guys and they think they're a key part of the future. Yeah, like obviously, like like obviously, I figure like Logan Cooley, Gunther, they're they're probably untouchable. But like, is it like is, is like Connor Geeky a name they want to move? Like as a Maverick Lamaru, would those be kind of guys that maybe would be intriguing in in a move like for a potential for a No Hannafin. Maybe I I don't know they're really high on both of those guys yeah. as well. I guess I guess I, I can't answer that question, right? Like yeah, he's fair. not telling me those those specific things, but those those two players are very important to them. Mm-hmm. And again, you're talking about premium positions, guys that could be here for a very long yeah. time. This this franchise with with Geeky in particular, this franchise has struggled to find elite centers its entire history. They really haven't had a true number one center since Jeremy Roenick left out. That's how fair. long it's been. So. You know, they they, they got to make sure that they have the pieces in place if, if a, a guy like Connor Geeky moves on. And, and quite frankly, when you look at their system, they don't at this point. Uh, I know we're up against it here, but you have a great story uh, up at phoenixsports.com. I recommend our listeners check it out. And uh, it's about Justin Kirkland. He spent some time here in, in uh, the Flames organization, played with the Stockton Heat a few years back. And it's been quite a journey back for him. I know he was just sent back down to Tucson uh, today, but you know, it was a, a almost a almost an ending, uh, you know, ending of his life there as as uh, in a serious car accident. And maybe you'll share a little bit about the the your Justin Kirkland story. Yeah, it's, it was uh, you know he opened up when he played his first game when he got the recall. He opened up about it short, uh, just briefly in a post game media scrum, but I followed up uh, in an interview with him the following day where he really talked about. You know, first of all, the auto accident, which came just like seven games into his his call-up um, with Anaheim. Mm-hmm. You know, he was finally living his dream, and he gets in this crazy auto accident where he basically blacked out at the wheel. And he, you know, that his opportunity was gone. He was on a one-year contract. So he, he talks about the, the loss of his dream, his mental struggles, and he, he also lost a really good friend who passed away during this whole period mm-hmm. when he was rehabbing and got COVID. So it was a dark, dark year so to see him get that opportunity to get back to the NHL, it was just, it was one of those heartwarming stories. And you hope 
Justin Kirkland will get another crack after all he's been through. Yeah, for sure. Uh, check that one out at uh, phnxsports.com. Uh, uh, how are we with the arena? Are we, I know they're still in search for a site. <laughs> yeah. Uh, listen, President and CEO Javier Gutierrez keeps saying that they're close to an announcement. <laughs> we, we thought we were going to have one originally by the end of the calendar year, yeah. just after the new year. Now it's delayed maybe till the All-Star break. Obviously, everyone's waiting with bated breath on that one because my feeling is they and, and listen. Gary Bettman has said you got to have the full solution to us by the end of the season, end of the first quarter, probably end of the first season. I think if this group does not come up with that solution this time around, they're out of chances, and I think the league will look to probably force a sale at that point, whether that's to another local buyer or the dreaded relocation that has been talked about for. 15 years with this franchise, but we are coming up on a critical deadline. Well, uh, we hope we, uh, we, we stay obviously down there. I think that that's a market that uh, obviously is a, is a big four sports market uh, with, with the NFL, MLB, and, and NBA, and, and having the NHL there, and just having a solid site. Uh, we love watching the games at the Mullet, but we know it's not a realistic option, and hopefully they can get something done in around that Phoenix metro area. Uh, Craig, thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your morning and uh, talking with me. Uh, enjoy the game tonight, and uh, all the best for the Coyotes the rest of the year. Thanks so much for having me. Take care. You too as well. Uh, there you go. Craig Morgan, uh, phoenixsports.com, all things Coyotes. Um, yeah, he's one of the best uh, if you want to know everything on the Phoenix Coyotes. And they do have a really good system. I know, like, uh, George threw the question. He's like, who do you, who, would you like Arizona's roster yeah. down the line? I get it. Like, it, it only matters if once these kids actually click. But if you're, if you're talking right about their their centerpieces, oh, right? Like Clayton Keller was cool. a guy that... Like, even after... No, no, like, not even, like... like Clayton Keller's a vet, pretty yeah, much. I know. But I'm like, I'm talking about the guy like Logan Cooley, Dylan Gunther, uh, the two guys they drafted this past draft, uh, Dmitry Simishev, mm-hmm. uh, Daniil Butt, uh, Connor Geeky, I mentioned there, Maverick Lamaru. Uh, I don't mind Ingram between the pipes for Michael Hrabel, who just had a hell of a World Juniors there with Czechia. Yeah. Massive goalie. Yeah, but get, getting back to Clayton Keller there, yeah, like you yeah. mentioned, he is a veteran, but he's really only come to his into his own as a superstar within, like, maybe not superstar, but, you know, like... Uh, well, last year he kind of announced that he's over point-per-game player. Yeah, yeah, but it's only been, like, the last three or so seasons, right? Back in 2021, he was a 28-goal guy, but before that he was dancing between, like, that, that 14, 15, 17 mm-hmm. goal marker, but right now he's definitely come into his own, and, and that stat that he threw out there was, like, he's going to turn into a, a 500 game guy within this season. So yep. it, it, it's been interesting to see, and he's been quietly doing his thing down in the desert. Yeah. Just like kind of like uh, Noah Hannafin, these guys that get in when you're, you're 18 and you, you stick around. I know he played three games at the end of his uh, first year, but he's been pretty much uh, a full roster player since outside of that, that pretty nasty leg injury uh, suffered a couple of years ago. And uh, Craig Morgan, he joined us down the Atlas pizza and sports bar guest hotline.